Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm doing well, Dan. How about you, baby? Doing good? I'm not, not good. No, I'm not. No? I'm really, frankly, uh, PO'd. Oh. I'm trying to keep it family friendly. Uh-huh. Yeah, I am. I, I, I just, um, you know, I'm having a tough time with these establishment swamp rats who just do not understand the fight we're in. It is just unbelievable. I, I mean, last night, again, you know, the Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska, who, yeah, I get it, folks. I get it. The guy votes right a lot, and no question about that. He typically uh, does support a lot of conservative causes, not all the time. But the guy is a complete phony, I'm sorry, who does not understand the fight. I'm going to get into why this matters in a minute, because right. I can see some of you might, and Joe, you as well, might be saying, well, if he votes with us, what are you worried about? Yeah, man. Well, he doesn't understand the fight we're in, and he's destroying the political capital of a movement that needs political capital to move the country back to sanity. That's the problem. I don't care if you vote with the conservative cause 100% of the time. If you spend your entire time outside of voting, destroying the political bank account of the president and others, people who are trying to bring the country back to sanity because you don't understand the real fight we're in, then I'm, I'm sorry, but you're not a net positive to our cause. You're a net negative. Hmm. I'll get into what Sass did in a minute, what a phony this guy is, because I'm really, really upset about this, and I'm getting some feedback from conservatives. I don't get it. He votes with us. So what are you worried about? All right, uh, let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at My Patriot Supply. Uh, listen, food insurance matters. You insure everything in your life that matters, your health, your home, your car, your teeth. You have eyeglass coverage sometimes. Why would you not insure your food supply? You need food to live. You know that. I know that. Yeah. You need food to survive. Here's the reality. Emergencies usually strike without warning. The planning time is now. Not to wait till it comes on the news that, hey, there's a potential hurricane bearing down our way. Because you know what? I live in Florida. You know what happens? You go to Walmart. They have no bottled water left. And half the shelves are barren. You have to prepare now. The best thing you can do is to prepare when things are calm, not wait till the emergency strikes. Ask yourself, could you feed yourself or your family for two weeks with the food you have at home at this moment? If not, it's time to act and secure an emergency food supply. I trust my Patriot Supply, and you should too. I buy this stuff. I say this all the time. I could probably get it for free for them if I just emailed them, but I, I, I don't want to wait. I have eight to 10 boxes of this stuff in my house. A two-week food kit will get you started. This week, it's on sale. For only seventy-five, it's uh, it's on special. Excuse me, for only seventy-five dollars. When you go to my website, preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Preparewithdan.com, or call 888-411-8926. These two-week emergency food kits include meals that last up to twenty-five years in storage. Order now. Prepare yourself while there's no surprises ahead, and there are no surprises ahead if you're prepared. 888-411-8926 or preparewithdan.com. That's 888-411-8926 or preparewithdan. Dot com. Folks, here's what's going on. So Ben Sass, senator from Nebraska, who, again, I will stipulate and be honest, unlike Ben's being with you, he does vote conservative. And sometimes he says things and you're like, you want to clap and you say, hey, very well said. The problem I have with this guy, what he did and what's going on right now, and it's indicative of a this isn't so you understand, folks, this isn't me nitpicking on Sass. I, I have no interest in that. This isn't me picking a Oh, Dan, well, you're, you know, you're friends with Hannity, so that's why you're... No, that's not what right. this is about. This is about people in the Republican movement who don't understand the bigger fight. I want to be clear on this. And Sass, the problem with Sass is going to explain it. So here's what he did. He has this new book out. I don't even know the title. It looks like a piece of crap, to be candid with you. But Sass has this new book out, 
And he spends an inordinate amount of time, apparently, whether I didn't read the book, so I don't know, attacking Sean Hannity as being some kind of fake conservative or something like that. Now, what I fu- now, yeah. Joe, you know, you you you're at radio stations and you you run Hannity on yeah. your station. Let me just ask you, Joe, and I have not coordinated with this you before the with you uh-huh. before the show. Do you think it's possible that when Ben Sass was running for office back in 2014 and was in a competitive primary with Shane Osborne, do you think it's possible that his people were literally like begging to get on the Sean Hannity show, given it's now the number one radio show in the country for conservatives? National conservative radio people always get their ass kissed. Always. Every I mean, single that's flat time. Up, folks. I'm Every- sorry. It's where it is. Now, what's irking me about this is I know Sass's people were desperate to get him on the show. Sass would go on the show. He would use Sean's show to get out there to the conservative audience, raise money, to win this competitive primary when a lot of conservative groups were endorsing his opponent. Now, all of a sudden, that he's the senator from Nebraska and he wins, he has spent his entire time going after Sean for what he perceives to be an unnecessary or whatever allegiance to the Trump agenda, which is a complete, which is a, he's a total fraud. Sean has been fighting in this conservative movement for so long and for so many people Folks, it's obviously a little sensitive to me because I know behind the scenes what Sean Hannity has done for our vets. I know what he's done for our law enforcement. I know what he continues to do. I know what he doesn't advertise publicly. I know what his producers, I know what his people have done. Now, disclosure, I I do uh, some business with some people associated with Sean. It's not, this is in no way taints my opinion on this, folks. In no way. I'm being candid, whereas he's not. That's the difference. No one asked me to do this. No one told me to say this. Sass is killing us. He doesn't understand, whereas Sean does, because he's been in this fight a long time, that this is, let me be candid about this. This is not a fight over issues. For us, it is. For the left, it's not. So my problem, to sum this up, is Sass does not recognize the fight. He's under some kind of mythical illusion that by attacking Sean Hannity, and directing his fire to Sean as some kind of divisive agent, that he's going to do what, Joe? Curry favor with the left and the media people who will then see the Republicans as reasonable, and all of a sudden, there's going to be this kumbaya moment. The country's going to go forward, locked arm in arm, singing nice little songs, cutesy little songs around a campfire. That is not going to happen, Ben. You're attacking Sean for one reason and one reason only. You're probably looking for a job at MSNBC or CNN, and you think by doing it, it is going to increase your future income or lead to book sales amongst moderates who will somehow buy your dopey book. That's what you're doing. At least be honest and say how much you, you, you kissed his caboose when you were trying to get on the air and get elected because you know he's got a conservative audience. This guy's been fighting for conservative principles since you were a college uh, president in what? The college out Midland? I don't know what it is. I don't even know the name. Sorry, I'm not trying to knock the college. I just don't remember the name. That's what Sass did before. Ladies and gentlemen, understand the fight. Ben Sass is epidemic in what's wrong with this movement right now. He doesn't get the fight, and he's not ready for the new rules. The new rules are we have to win using raw political power. We don't have to sacrifice our morals or ethics to do it, but we have to get Republicans elected. We have to get Republicans elected, not because I even believe Republicans are the solution to the problem anymore. I just believe the Democrats are the problem. We can fix the Republicans. The Democrats cannot be fixed anymore. 
They are not looking for this. They are not looking for a rapprochement. They're not looking for some kind of, you know, peace pipe smoking. They're not looking for that. Do you not recognize this fight? Sass is one of these guys. I always use the boxing analogy. He's in the ring boxing with this other guy who has decided to attach razor blades to his boxing glove and he is appealing to the ref. The ref's the media. The ref has already been paid off by the guy with the (laughs) razor blades. He's not going to stop the fight. You either fight back and fight back as hard as you can to stay alive or you get smoked. That's it. Sass seems to think he can appeal to the ref. Oh, if I appeal to the media by attacking Sean Hannity, we'll look reasonable and people will really love us in the end. No, Ben. They won't. They hate you. They can't stand you. They are using you as a tool like they use McCain, like they use Romney afterwards. It is the myth of the old generation Republican that the media does. Oh, that last generation of Republicans was totally reasonable. Trump's just crazy. They do this all the time. It's about ideas to us. I get that. We should argue the effectiveness of low reasonable tax rates. We should argue the effectiveness of patient-controlled health care rather than third-party payer systems. We should argue the effectiveness of parental control over where their kids go to school. We should argue the effectiveness of, of, of reasonable red tape requirements on business, not overwhelming bureaucracy. I, be, I get that. But we also have to understand that that is not what the left is arguing back to us. We can do that on shows like that. This is what on shows. This is what we do, Joe. But we also understand that it's not just about ideas to them. To them, it's about damaging and destroying the political bank accounts of Republican candidates so they can take power and evaporate your liberty. If you don't understand that and you're not willing to fight back at sometimes viciously, I don't mean that uh, aggressively in the in the physical sense. I mean it viciously in the rhetoric arena. Oh my gosh, Donald Trump uses harsh language. You don't get it. You don't understand what's going on. By turning the attention back on them and making sure they understand the impact of their own aggressively, in some cases, uh, uh, confrontational rhetoric, they're never going to learn that lesson and put the razor blade boxing gloves down and put the standard boxing gloves on and fight regularly. It's not going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, to the left, this is not about ideas. It is about power. That is why we have to win. And we cannot win with senators like Ben Sass, a Republican, by the way. Some of you may not, I should have have assumed it. Some of you may not understand. This guy's a Republican who spends seemingly all of his political capital attacking Donald Trump and Sean Hannity. That's your, Joe, triaging our needs right now. That's number one and two to you. Attack Donald Trump, attack Sean Hannity, and then, by the way, get around to the media. While you, are you crazy? Are you nuts? Now, for those of you listening who I know I'll get some negative feedback on the show, and that's fine, by the way, folks. I am not here to play the, 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 you know, the meandering middle. This is an opinion show. I give my opinion. It's free. If it's for you, I appreciate it. If it's not for you and you're still here, I still appreciate it. If it's not for you and you tune out, I appreciate that too. This show isn't for everyone. But don't dare lecture me about how I don't get it and what are you saying? Everybody should have to kiss Trump's butt. Absolutely 100% no. That is not what I'm saying. Joe, how many times on this show have we said we don't worship golden calves yeah. here? I've said even in a, in, a, in, a, in a piece that was written up on me recently, a hit piece by a liberal outlet. Yeah. They got a hold of me. They asked me about Trump. I said, I think he's the right guy for the right moment. But I have some disagreements. I've been clear on those. 
I don't the, the trade policy and uh, that does not mean I I spend my time attacking the president. I find those areas of agreement. I try to highlight them. When there are areas of disagreement, I try to handle it tactfully. I don't spend my time attacking Donald Trump because he's our guy for the moment, because we need his political capital to take back power to do what, Joe? To keep the Democrats from taking power so they don't take our liberty. What? Did you miss that? You don't understand that, you clown? Sass, you don't get it? You got issues with the president on certain economic issues? Agreed. Me too. Go talk to Wilbur Ross. Commerce Secretary, go sit down with the president, place a call to the office, make a data fact-based argument like we do amongst ourselves, because we're actually about ideas, make that argument to the president and his team. You don't start attacking the president publicly and Sean Hannity right now when we're literally in a fight for things like freedom and liberty. They want to take your health care. They're running on single payer. They want to take away more of your money through tax hikes. They want to reinstitute the regulatory state. There are real consequences to your stupidity. Now, for those of you thinking about attacking me on the left who listen, don't tell me, oh, you're not being a team player. You're all about. No, I'm not about anyone. I'm not all about anyone. Don't give me that nonsense. Let me give you an example. I've had to pull the lever multiple times for Republican candidates, Republican candidates I did not agree with. I've taken one for the team. I've said repeatedly on this show. My, I don't, my congressman, I like personally very much, but I, I strongly, robustly, vigorously disagree with many of his positions. I don't think he's been a strong conservative on many issues. I voiced my concerns in the primary, but I am voting for him, my wife and I both, in the general election. Don't dare lecture me about not being a team player. I've sacrificed for, I actually did, uh, showed up at a fundraiser for him in the last election cycle. I showed up at a parade with him down in Palm Beach, even though he turned out later not to be the biggest conservative. I have to pull the lever for him. Why? Not because he's the answer to my problems, but because the Democrats are my problem. Does that make Don't lecture me for a second about not being a team player. You're not the team player. You're the one who decides to air your grievances publicly against conservative outlets and against Trump because you don't understand that the, the, who the real opponent is here. I've been burned repeatedly. I've been asked multiple times by GOP candidates. I don't talk about a lot on the show because I don't want to seem like I'm, you know, I'm unnecessarily patting myself on the back. It's not necessary. But I've been asked repeatedly by GOP candidates to help them out. I've shown up at events. I've supported them. They've turned out later to be complete rhinos after promising everybody, me included, they were going to be Tea Party guys, they were going to be conservatives, and it didn't happen. I've been burned over and over. I've donated, I donated money to a guy who ran for governor and won, turned around and stuck it to us later on afterwards. A substantial amount, by the way. To his pack, or whatever it was, his group. I don't even know if it was a pack at the time. So don't tell me I'm not a team player. I've done that. All of us have pulled the lever. And, we're, and I've, I've been advocating on this show. Have I not? I've been advocating on this show for the last few months that get out and vote straight ticket Republican, knowing some of the candidates on there are not the best in the world. But the bottom line is the Democrats are your problem right now, even if the Republicans are not the answer to it. Do you understand that? I played on the team. I get it. 
Joe, I have backed. You know, listen, I, I'm, I'm not what I'm just saying. I promise this is the last part. I'm going to wrap this up. All right. Don't tell me I'm not a GOP team player. Joe, you and I know damn well who I'm talking about. There yeah. are candidates in Maryland, the one at the top of the ticket, too, who I supported, gave volunteers to and everything, who the minute after he won the governorship ran away from me and my supporters like there was no tomorrow because I was a conservative and he had to run midline. I never bashed him on the radio. Yep. I never went out and told the story publicly about what happened because yep. you and, and I, you know what? And even now go out in these blue states that have Republican governors and vote for the Republican governor. Are they conservatives? No, but the Democrats are your problem. Your alternative is far worse. Right. There are real things at stake in places like Maryland. Larry Hogan needs to get reelected. You know why? Redistricting's at stake. You have the economy at stake. You have real people's lives. You think I'm going to make it? Oh, listen, Larry insulted me. Oh, gosh. I Get me a diaper. I'm going to wet my pants. I feel so bad. You know what? He's a good guy. He had to play a political game after the election, and that's fine. It happens. Move on. But I'm getting tired of getting lectured from these people about, oh, Dan, you know, what are you going after Senator Sass because he attacked Trump? No, I'm going after Senator Sass because he doesn't understand the real fight. He wastes his time going after Trump and Sean Hannity and other people with this self-righteous BS with his nose up in the air, this elitist snob, while the real fight out there is amongst, with Antifa, Black Lives Matter, these, some of these anti-cop groups out there. Why don't you dedicate your energy to that? And when it comes to Republicans like my beef with Hogan after the election, handle it behind the scenes. Why, why not do that? Because you don't get it. And you look at us like we're idiots. Oh, look at these Cretan Republicans. I'm a conservative. I'm a free trader. I believe in Austrian school economics. I've done my homework. I understand third-party payer systems and the economics of a broken healthcare system. Don't give me that crap. Tea Party people have been sucking it up forever and voting for fools like this guy, Sass. And I, you know what? I'll tell you right now. If Sass was running in Florida against Bill Nelson, despite this, I'd vote for him now, even after this, because I understand the fight. That's not the question. The question is, does he? Going after Hannity. Are you kidding me? You big phony. After desperately trying to get on his show during the primary, over and over. You know how many people he put on the map? Let me tell you something. And Joe, you know this, brother. Yes, I do. Without that team, you would have never heard of the Dan Bongino show, ever. This would not exist. That is an ass kiss, and that's a fact. Yeah. Listen, I, I worked really hard to get here, but just about everybody in the conservative content space. Am I wrong, Joe? No, whether it's Rush money. Limbaugh, whether it's Mark Levin, whether it's Sean Hannity, um, Glenn Beck, anyone else, you name a name, everybody got a boost from someone. Everyone. Everyone. I got that boost from Sean and Mark. Fact. I would never be here for them if it yeah. wasn't for them. Right. And by the way, I'm not the only one, Joe. So, Ben, maybe you should reconsider your, you know, your entire attack line against Sean. Issue an apology and move on. You got a beef with Sean on his support of whatever Trump policy you don't like? Fine. But to make it part of your book tour? Fool. I'm sorry, folks. Again, I, I, my apologies, but this is really under my skin. Because I am so tired of fake Republicans trying to kiss them and lick the boots of the media people because they know they're leaving office to try and get jobs and appear like the reasonable guy afterward. It drives me wild. You know what? When you stand up for something in this movement, 
you are going to be painted by the media as a wild-eyed, crazy conspiracy theorist. A period. That's it. That's what they do. You got to plow through, stick to the truth, stick to the facts, verify what you can verify, get the information out there, and don't take the edge off your knuckles for a minute. Do not be cowed by the Looney Tunes at Mediaite. Media doesn't matter at Media Matters. Um, there's other ones. The Huffington Post. Do not be cowed by them at all. Double and triple down when they go after you. All right. All right. I got a lot more to get to, so excuse it. Long with just I, Last night, I was just fired up. And I have a really good piece at Bongino.com at the show notes today um, about Sass. You can get a little background on him going after Hannity just repeatedly. Repeatedly. It's just unreal. Ben Sass. Let me go after Trump and Hannity. Yeah, there you go, Ben. You really got your head, head together. Dope. You're a fool. Oh, you don't like it? Sorry. And I love how he, you know, one more thing. I'm sorry, Ben. He, he, I love how he like aggressively approaches people at CPAC and stuff. Ben, you're not intimidating anyone, pal, okay? Give it a rest with the phony, you know, aggressive, tough guy act, please. Hard pass. Give us all a break. All right, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Filterbury. <laughs> like, yeah, man, you've been in this industry a long time. All yeah, cost. How many people call a radio show kissing your ass to get on uh, here, right? You know when Candidates? it's election time, yeah. Oh, every time, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is candidate so-and-so for the county council. And then right after the election, when they got to paint themselves as moderates, oh, no, no, I don't, I don't talk to Sean and Frank at Armacost at CBM. Well, yeah. what, what are you talking about? You just called the radio station two weeks ago kissing our ass before the election. Happens it, all the time. Folks, this dude's been in this business 30 years. I've only been in this business five or six. I've, I'm telling you, I see it all the time. Uh, let me tell you once. Listen, this show. I'm sorry, show's off the rails. Yeah, this is ahead, an important man. show. You're good. You're, when you're I good. was guest hosting at a radio station, I'm not going to say where. It's not Joe's. It was a different one. He probably knows who it is. But <laughs> there was a certain candidate for Congress. I got in a lot of trouble helping out. I did not do anything wrong on purpose. I put her on. It was an equal time complaint made. I got in a lot of trouble. I practically, I almost lost the gig over it. This candidate, after me going out on a limb to help, Winds up winning the congressional seat and becomes a total, complete rhino after that. And like disavows any, no, never get a, a thank you. No, they're all, they're phonies. Yet I'm telling you again, I get it. The real fight we're in. It's not a fight of who's better, Republicans or Democrats. It's a fight of who's worse. And the answer is the Democrats are far worse. Far worse. Vote GOP. We'll clean it up in the primaries. I'll tell you that story after the show. It's a funny. One. I got one for you, too. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I, I just don't want to name it because I don't want to hurt these candidates. Yeah, I don't. I'm either. just telling these people are frauds. So it, it don't 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 start looking for messiahs and political candidates at all. That's why I'm never running again. Greatest day of my life's the day I lost. I didn't know it at the time, but I'm serious. I love when people come after me on. <laughs> you're lost and your runs for office. <laughs> great, great. Greatest thing that ever happened. All right, a new study just came out of China that discovered that air pollution causes a huge reduction in intelligence. This is in addition to the well-known impacts of air pollution on your physical health. High pollution levels led to significant drops in test scores with language and arithmetic, the average impact equivalent to having lost an entire year of education. Now we know what's going on at the DOJ. They never change the air filters over there. Change your air filters. Go to filterby.com. This is especially important with 95% of the global population breathing unsafe air. So do the right thing. Go to filterby.com. 
America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. I love this company. They're, they're, they're effectively priced. They're on time. They have great customer service. Choose from over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options that ship free within 24 hours. Plus, they support working Americans building their air filters right here in the great old USA. Save 5% when you subscribe for auto replacement. You'll never forget to change your air filters again. FilterBuy saves you time. FilterBuy saves you money. FilterBuy will help you breathe better. And apparently, you'll become more intelligent in the process. So stop procrastinating. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. Tell them Dan sent you. And I appreciate the gentleman who bought the, his air filters for his entire factory. He sent us a copy of his, uh, his receipt. <laughs> That's very nice of you. Thank you for telling him Dan Bongino Show sent you. It means a lot. Our sponsors love to be here. Okay. Um, speaking of this, Joe. DeRoy Murdoch was on Fox News this morning, a guy I really like. I like his commentary. And DeRoy had an interesting piece. And this parlays, this is kind of a nice segue from where where SAS, just the, the whole SAS thing is about understanding the real fight, folks. This is about ideas to us. We should stick to ideas within the Republican Party, fight for free trade, fight for economic liberty, fight for low marginal tax rates. This is the kind of stuff that matters. But understand on the Democrats, they're in this right now, viciously and aggressively to attack people and destroy lives. If you don't understand that fight, back away. Now, having said that, why is this fight important? DeRoy Murdoch had a fascinating, fascinating segment on Fox and Friends this morning that is definitely worth your time. He made the, 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 the he has an op-ed out. I'm, I'm sorry, but I did, it would happen right before I got on the air. But I, I heard the, the, I'll give you the gist of what he was talking about. And it's this, these midterm elections are critical. Because if we can hold the House and hold the House by at least a decent number, five or six seats in the House of Representatives, remember, the Democrats need to take 23 seats, right? If we lose a few, but we still hold the majority, therefore, we hold the chairmanships and we control the House of Representatives where majority rules, right? And we can add in the Senate, add two or three seats, buffering our now uh, 51-49 majority, Joe. Mm -hmm. The premise Murdoch put out there is that Mm -hmm. this could be utter destruction for the Democrats. Not forever. And listen, nothing in politics is permanent, but this could be a decades long shift in Democrat politics. Now, I'm going to add to this. We saw this in the past already. One thing about Democrats we've learned is they are only loosely married to ideas. Why, Joe? What matters to the Democrats more than anything? Power. Control, baby. Control, baby. We haven't said that in a while. That no, used we to be haven't. Like a big thing. You know, it's been a long time. That was a, in an early podcast. Mm-hmm. Control. Power and control, synonymous to them. The Democrats, to the Democrats, the ends justify the means. They need power and control. Folks, they will say anything to do it. If they have to lobby for tax cuts to get power to then raise your taxes, they'll do it. Yep. They will not tell you the truth. Republicans, good Republicans, that is, are married to ideas. You will have no home in the Republican Party. None. If, you, if your uh, campaign platform is uh, raise taxes, we love Obamacare, and by the way, public education is great, you won't. You, you won't. Now, you may be able to win in, in deep blue states where you run as a fake Democrat, but as a Republican, you will have no home. Democrats will say whatever, even leaders, even party leaders. You say, no, Dan, that's not true. Really? How come New York and California are lobbying then to get rid of the SALT uh, limitations on taxes? The state and local tax, uh, you can only, for the, this is an important point. Don't forget mm-hmm. this because it plays into DeRoy Murdoch. It's going to be a little layered. It's going to be a little complicated, but it's worth your time. 
I'm telling you right now that good Republicans that run and do the right thing will never forfeit their ideas and the Republican leadership, the core of the party, will never come out against economic liberty. They won't. Good Republicans understand bedrock values. Democrats understand power and control. The SALT, what happened with the SALT uh, deduction is a perfect example. The Donald Trump Republican Party tax cuts, right? Mm-hmm. had a SALT limitation, state and local taxes. You used to be able to deduct the taxes you paid to the state and locally, which in Maryland, just Joe knows where he lives right now, can be quite significant. There was a cap put on the deductions you can take. You can only take now about $10,000 in these state and local tax deductions. Right. Now, Joe, if the Democrats really believe in socialism, I'll, I'll even lighten it up a bit. If the Democrats really believe in the power of big government and higher taxes, then this should have been a policy Democrats would support. Why? Because if you can only deduct now from your federal taxes, say $10,000 in the taxes you pay, and you're a, let's say you're a millionaire who has a big uh, uh, palace in, in, uh, in, in Silicon Valley, right? Yes, California? You're paying, Joe, on that. You're paying a significant amount. Of, of state and local taxes. You're, probably, right. you're paying way more than $10,000. Yeah. So let's say you're paying 90000 right? Mm. You used to be able to deduct that 90000 right? Love it. <laughs> now you can't deduct that 90000 anymore. You can only deduct ten. so you lost an $80,000 tax deduction. Now, that should be great, Joe, right? Yeah. If liberals were principled, you would think that they would say, okay, The tax deduction disappeared. Rich people are paying more taxes because, by the way, this only affects rich people. I assure you, people in lower income categories and lower middle income are not paying more than $10,000 in state and local taxes in most cases. In most, not all, but in most cases. The point I'm making here is the Democrats in New York and California are the ones making a big stink about this. No, this is outrageous. We can't have our citizens paying more taxes to the federal government. Wait, what are you talking about? I thought your whole platform was big taxes, big government, government control. Wasn't that it? Did I miss something? Why? It got in the way once the real world implications, excuse me, of that, where people had big tax bills got in the way of what? Your votes. People were like, hey, man. I may be rich and be a liberal, but I didn't mean higher taxes for me. I meant it for the other guy. You don't get this fixed, Congressman. I'm not voting for you. (gasps) I'm against it. I'm against higher taxes for rich people in California and New York. They're phonies. They're frauds. What does this have to do with what I'm talking about? It means they're malleable. The GOP good ones are not. We believe in a set of bedrock ideas. We're not moving from those ideas. Democrats don't. They don't have a North Star. They do. It's power. But however they have to get there, it doesn't matter. What I'm trying to tell you is the Roy Murdoch is right. If we can beat the Democrats back in this 2018 election, hold the House. Electorally, I'm talking about, of course. Hold the House. Add the seats in the Senate. Hold it in the Trump re-election in 2020. Mm-hmm. Folks, you will see a dramatic, dramatic shift in the Democrat Party. And this is a good thing. This is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. Now, you may say, well, show me some evidence. And when I say a dramatic shift, I mean you will see the loony left start to get marginalized. And we can go back again 
to the uh, standard boxing rules where we're in the ring and we're both obeying the rules and we have the 20-ounce gloves and we're not in there to kill one another. We're just in there for a sporting match, okay? That would not be a bad thing. I have no problem with a Democrat party uh, interested in talking about taxes based on actual tax tax data. If the Democrat party wants to come out and acknowledge that Okay, we need taxes, but maybe our rates have been too high. That's fine, folks. We should applaud that. That is nowhere close to where we are now. Now, you may say, give me some evidence this has happened. It has happened. When did it happen in the past? Remember the Democrat Leadership Committee with, uh, in the pre-Bill Clinton era? Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, after the Carter and Dukakis losses and Walter Mondale, remember, Carter, 1980, ran against uh, Reagan, ran against Carter. Reagan smokes him. Reagan reelect 1984 annihilates Walter Mondale, two far left candidates. Right. Well, there's still a debate, fairly enough, about how far left Carter was, especially on some deregulation front, but we'll leave that for another show. There's no question Mondale's a far leftist. Reagan destroys them. The Democrat Party had been moving left and left and left. What do they do? In 88, they nominate someone even more far left, Dukakis from Massachusetts, radically far left. He gets destroyed too. the third election in a row, folks. What happens? The Democrats realize they've got a big problem. The Democrat leadership committee comes around. They start to pull the Democrats more towards the center. What happens? Well, unfortunately, we get a Bill Clinton presidency. And I'm not suggesting we should elect Democrats. But what happened in the second term of the Bill Clinton presidency? Instead of getting Obamacare, folks, we actually had some spending restraints in conjunction with the Republican Congress. You got to remember, as a percentage of GDP in the second term of Bill Clinton, we spend less than we're spending now or under Bush. What are we going to run from that? Remember, we're conservatives. Well, I would never vote for a Democrat. I would never support Clinton or any of his uh, of his ilk. Mm-hmm. I'm simply suggesting to you that if we get Democrats in office and we lose, I would rather face a second term Bill Clinton presidency and then live to fight again with a limited government than face eight years of Obama, Obamacare. Uh, Obama judges on the courts. Do you understand that this is, we have to look at this in a real tactical way. There's real damage to this. Dan, don't let them run towards the middle. They may win an election. As long as we win the issues and can win back later on in another election, what does it matter? You see where I'm going with this, Joe? Yeah. yeah, I will take four years of limited government spending and a relatively constrained second term, first term Bill Clinton was out of control. But that's because the Republicans got back in charge. But if we had accept four years of that in exchange for three consecutive, four consecutive terms of Republican presidents, Republican judges, a Republican Congress and a Republican president, that's what we need. Folks, we have to understand the tactics here and you have to engage in some game theory. We can't look at this simplistically like Ben Sass. Trump mean, Hannity mean. Buy my book. (laughs) Dope. My book actually contributes to the cause. We actually expose something. What are you attacking Sean Hannity? What's wrong with you? So Murdoch's, Murdoch's point is a good one. If we win this midterm and we win the 2020 reelect, I'm telling you, the left is malleable. They don't believe in any hard rock principle values other than power. They will understand at that point like they have in the past. There's, this has already happened, folks. They will understand that they have to pull their party more towards sanity. And that is a good thing. That is not a bad thing. Folks, listen, I'm, I'm an, I don't, I grew up in a relatively confrontational environment. So I don't mind this, 
But I'm the first one to tell you, and I'll admit to you again, being frank and candid, that this is not good for the country. It doesn't make me feel good to have to do this every day, to have to go to war with these people on social media and on my show. It doesn't. If we can get more normal people to run under the Democrat banner, rational people with rational ideas, instead of people calling for, you go out and get a crowd and you get up in their face. You know, I mean, and, and these Antifa people punching people. Did you see that video of this, uh, yeah. this support, uh, was it the guy in New York City or Portland or whatever, confronting the 9-11 widow? Uh, your husband, 9-11 widow. She says in the, in the video, she lost her husband. A guy confronts her on the street. And, well, he should have died. He was a... Uh, what was he raping people with his baton? I'm mean, like, oh my gosh, this is what, this is not, the, folks, this country matters to me. It's unity matters to me. A 2020 midterm, uh, 2018 and 2020 midterm will absolutely force a reevaluation on the left. It's important we understand that. Um, just one final note on that so you understand how critical these midterms are. Folks, if you have not voted yet, we have a powerful, large audience thanks exclusively to you. You have given me my voice and my appreciation is so deep, words do it no justice. But I need you to go out and vote. Please. I need you to get 10 friends. 10, 10, and 10, right? That's the rule. Send 10 emails to your friends to get out and vote. Make 10 phone calls. Make 10 Facebook, Twitter posts, whatever it is, encouraging people to vote. Include a link where to register. Include the polling locations. If early voting's up in your state like it is in Florida now, get people to the polls early. I understand some of you have a beef with early voting. Fine. This is not the time for that fight. This is too critical. We can fight that after the election if you don't like early voting. Get your votes in. Something could happen to you. They could have another hurricane like they had in Florida, some in the panhandle. Some of those votes are not going to get in now. That's a conservative area. This is big trouble. Early vote. Get in there now. Some good numbers for you. Leave you with a little bit of a smile. Why this midterm is important and why SAS doesn't get that. Trying to attack the political bank account of Trump. Like, I mean, really, what an inappropriate time for this. Guys like the Elizabeth Warren of the right <laughs> talking about uh, SAS going to start asking Trump for a DNA test next. <laughs> the Democrats need... I'm not usually this, but you like that. Huh? You really I, I did like that. <laughs> I always miss yours. People were complaining. I missed the mamas and the, uh, oh, the your mama don't Jimmy dance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't get it. Uh, and I love it because you got to leave. When I don't get it, you know I don't get it. We leave it in. And then I read, I read emails from the audience all day. How did you miss Joe's humor about the I don't know. <laughs> I don't get We're it. subtle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, sometimes I don't get it, but we leave it in the show because Joe is a part of this. And listen, if he's got something, it's for you. It's not for me. If I miss it, you'll catch it. But the Dems need 23 seats. Here's where it's important. On the generic ballot, the Dems are doing very well. On the congressional generic ballot. Let me explain to you a little political uh, strategy here. Yeah. Forget the generic ballot, folks. It's meaningless. Why is it meaningless? Because the Democrats... Spice acts of self-determination are concentrated in cities. Self-selection. They have Democrats largely choose to live in cities. They're obviously not forced to live there. What does that mean, folks? In the cities, they run up the score. Now, Joe, to win a seat yeah. for Congress, do you need uh, 51% of the vote or 99% of the vote? I would say 51, Dan. You would be correct, Joe. Hey. Ding, 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 ding. Not a trick question, okay? <laughs> folks, you need 51% of the vote. By self-selection, Democrats tend to congregate and live in cities. New York, Los Angeles, Chicago. What does that mean? 
That means in cities like New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles that have multiple congressional seats, because the congressional seats roughly 700,000 uh, uh, people they represent, you start getting congressional races where what? Like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I think she's in 14, Joe Crowley's old seat. She's going to win that seat probably 70 to 30. There are some congressional seats, Joe, some of them in Maryland, mm-hmm. the one in Baltimore. Um, it was in Elijah Cummings. Yeah. Uh, they got a, I mean, they'll win that seat 80-20. Easy. Easy. Yeah. But folks, that 30 additional percent from 50 to 80 doesn't matter. He still won. Republicans are scattered. This is a good thing. What does that mean? That means the generic ballot is meaningless. Just because if the generic ballot factors in uh, people like uh, the, in the New York districts that are voting 90-10 Democrat. What you want to are concerned about, I, I shouldn't say it's, it's not meaningless. It's not as meaningful as the generic ballot in the toss-ups. In other words, in districts in the suburbs and the exurbs where they may be 54% Republican, 51% Republican, maybe 60% Republican that could be swingy type districts, right? Mm -hmm. What's the generic ballot there? 47% GOP, 46% Democrat. Folks, we can do this. I don't want to get overly optimistic. I don't want to get hyperbolic. There's certainly a chance the Democrats can take the House. But I'm telling you, smile a little bit today, but don't smile for long. Get out and vote. Get out and bring 10 friends. The toss-up ballot is in our favor, but it requires you not to take the telephone poll. It poll, but you know, not the telephone, the physical telephone poll. Thank you. It requires, yeah, clear that up. It requires you to actually go and vote. So please go do that. We can do this. We can win. Yeah, I assure you, we can win. Please get out and vote. Uh, okay, today's show, uh, let's add, I appreciate your patience as always, and I appreciate you supporting our sponsors. They keep the show free, and they've been really great and loyal to our audiences. By our old friends, Brickhouse Nutrition, my original number one sponsor. Brickhouse Nutrition makes the finest nutrition supplements on the market. You know, I haven't talked about Dawn to Dusk for a while, but Dawn to Dusk is a really, really good product. Um, one of the problems with these energy pills and energy drinks out there now is you get these highs and lows and these ups and downs. Uh, Brickhouse Nutrition solved this problem. They created a time-release energy product called Dawn to Dusk. It's working moms, working dads, athletes, CrossFitters, military police officers. You need to be alert throughout the day. Excuse me. Dawn to Dusk is the solution for you. I had a a pilot who used to email me about it. They love the product. I haven't mentioned it in a while. It is a very, very good product. I usually talk about Field of Greens. I usually talk about Foundation, which are two terrific products as well. You can get the entire package if you go to BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. But I encourage you, if you have a problem with, you know, throughout the day, you lose your energy a little bit right around noon, give Dawn to Dusk a shot. A really good product. I enjoy it. Again, BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Really terrific product. They put a lot of work into it. It solves all those problems of energy drinks and coffee where you get the ups and downs. You get a nice, smooth energy level elevation and mood throughout the day. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go check it out. It's called Dawn to Dusk. Okay. Um, it's one funny note, it's, uh, which I have in the show notes today, a story from the Daily, Daily Mail. Kind of lighten it up before I get to this last topic here about Facebook, which is just a disaster right now. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren, uh, his story is just so funny. You know, the DNA story, if she's one, one trillionth or whatever, uh, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's, I don't even want to go into it again. But now, in addition to her DNA debacle, where she tried to prove she had some Native American ancestry and has been uh, completely humiliated in the process, 
Now it turns out, Joe, a recipe submission she included in a book called Pow Wow Chow. About you heard of it? You heard? I can see you laughing. She she included a recipe submission into a book called. I'm not. I'm, this is listen, folks. Do not. This is the t- actual title of the book, Pow Wow Chow. So she's not a real Native American. She's faking it apparently, and she's including recipe submissions from from her from her fake Native American ancestry in a book called Pow Wow Chow. Now it gets even worse. Howie Carr, who's a brilliant radio host up in uh, up in uh, New England, up there. Howie Carr has been on this story from day one. Joe has uncovered. And I have the story in the Daily Mail that even the recipe. This is not a joke, folks. The recipe she submitted appears to be plagiarized from a New York Times August 1979 piece uh, written by a French chef named Pierre Fronet. Pierre Fronet. Yeah. Pierre Fronet put this in the New York Times, and although she messes with the ingredients a little bit, it appears that the actual recipe, the preparatory guide for the food in the Pow Wow Chow book, this is not a joke, this is real, it's not the onion, that she looks like it may have been plagiarized from Pierre Fronet, a French chef. He's not, I don't even think he's Native American at all. This is just, this story gets worse by the minute, and this is, again, why I'm not a fan of Elizabeth Warren, I don't know her, I, I have no personal animus towards her. I'm just saying, Liz, seriously, wrap it up. Wrap it. It's over. The presidential ambitions are over. This was a total debacle. The DNA debacle, the Native American story. Just let it go. Let it go. Take advice from Elsa in Frozen and just let it go. Please, this is not working for you. Every time we turn a corner, there's another devastating Elizabeth Warren story. It is just going to get uglier for you with Pow Wow Chow. And your one one thousand uh, whatever Native American DNA. Don Trump Jr. had a funny tweet on his timeline. He, he subtweeted it. They had a <laughs> he had like a little pictogram on there, and it was Elizabeth Warren's family tree. And you know how it branches out, and there's like fifteen layers of branches, and at the end there's a little red line going maybe this guy out here like it's not folks just let's let it go seriously it's not working from the land of sky blue waters (laughs) (laughs) yeah right oh Oh, boy all right so facebook i'm um (laughs) there's some interesting facebook stuff going on right now folks uh in addition to their banning of some political pages uh, I, I just wanted to explain this to you in terms of a personal story about why, because I get this question a lot. And as my audience, I feel like I, you know, I, you guys should be read in on the program before anyone else. I get this a lot in my email. I used to do a lot of videos. Sometimes I still do with Facebook, um, but I backed away from Facebook significantly. Since my follower count has really kind of dried up a little bit, I think I'm at like 378. But we used to go up by you know 100,000 a year almost, and now it's just kind of I've, I've backed away. Um, here's why. And I'm saying this to people out there in business and folks out there who are putting a lot of time into Facebook. Be very leery. Uh, first, I do not believe that Facebook anymore is a neutral platform. They have uh, deleted a bunch of pages. There's a story in Breitbart today about a, uh, a triple amputee American veteran who has a page called Right Wing News. I don't know anything about the page. I'm going to be crystal clear. I don't know anything about the guy. Uh, nothing. I'm not advocating for or against their cause. I'm simply suggesting to you that Facebook has made the case under the Communications Decency Act in the past, folks, that they're a platform, not a publisher. Understand the difference and the distinction because it's critical. Yeah. Yeah. You have significant protections if you're a platform. Yeah. If you claim to be an independent platform like Facebook is claiming and Twitter, 
then you cannot be sued for what's put up on that platform. If someone puts up there some hate speech or some libelous, uh, um, sl- excuse me, slanderous stuff, or even libelous, depends if it's a video, whatever it is. If they put some stuff up that you cannot be held accountable because you're an independent platform. Publishers, Joe, publishers who self-select their content mm-hmm. have different liability standards. Facebook is saying, no, we're not a publisher. We're a platform. As they simultaneously publish some things and delete other stuff. I Again, I, I do not believe that the government's going to be able to fix this. However, I do believe the legal system may have a way around it. This guy, and here's why I bring this up. This is the fascinating angle to this uh, um, uh, wounded warrior hmm. who had this right-wing news story, Joe. He has paid an astonishing $300,000 to Facebook in advertising fees to have his site t- taken down. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how strong the case would. I'm not an expert in commercial litigation. I want to be clear. But somebody in some there has to be some kind of legal case here. But I'm, I, Again, if the government gets involved... I mean, legislatively, not through the court system. Let me be clear. I think it would be a huge mistake because the liberals are looking for an opportunity to ban what they call hate speech, which will be conservatives full time. That's why I don't think a legislative option is the right one. But through the court system, I think we should use the court system and somebody should sue them. There has to be some breach here of uh, of uh, there has to be. There's got to be a, a hole here to get Facebook on the hook for this. This guy paid $300,000 to build an audience through them. There's got to be something. I'm just putting it out there again. I'm not a commercial litigation attorney, but there's got to be some way where we can fight back, where Facebook is, is going to be forced to say they're a publisher and not a platform. Do you understand the distinction, right? Yeah. They want to yeah, yeah. be a platform so they can't be sued for what's on their website. They're saying we're not a publisher as they simultaneously adhere to publisher standards, not platform standards. Oh, we'll delete this. We'll publish that. Delete this. Publish that as they're taking money from people. Now, the big that's an that's a that story's bad enough, but it sets up nicely. Tease up story number two about Facebook, which is why I backed away, not just ideologically, because I know Facebook's full of liberals. That's one of them. But secondly, the reason I backed away is I think, in my opinion, Facebook's a scam. Well, what happened? I don't know if you saw the story yesterday, folks, but if you're on Facebook and you're a political group and you're putting a lot of time in this, you may want to start diversifying into other platforms. You know, maybe Instagram, which is, I think, owned by Facebook. But I, listen, Instagram is, I'm just telling you, on Facebook, from a, forget about the ideological, we'll put in the ideological stuff, because if it's owned by Facebook, the ideology is the same. It still lives. Put the ideological argument aside for a second. I'm moving on to a strictly commercial argument now. If you're a political candidate, a political group, or a business, I've been all three at some point. I think Facebook's a scam. Apparently, Joe, and I've noticed this in the past, Facebook has this thing called live video, Facebook Live. You can put videos, live videos. You can put video up on Facebook. They were trying to be a competitor with YouTube. I don't know if you saw this story, but it turns out, Joe, that Facebook now, um, according to multiple accounts and some insiders that have leaked the information, has been, there's a story in the Wall Street Journal, I have a story in International Business Times in the show notes today, I encourage you to read, has been grossly overinflating its average duration of view time. Now, let me make this super simple. If you're a political candidate, if you're a business and you're advertising a pet rock and you do a 30-second commercial for a pet rock, and at the end of that commercial, it says, go to whatever, it gives a website, petrock.whatever. 
Joe, you think the end of that commercial matters to you if that's the call to action? It does, right? I mean, if, yeah. if people only watch five seconds of the commercial and the end of the commercial is the call to action to Absolutely. go to pet rock dot whatever, mm-hmm. you want to know how long people are watching. Yeah. When you have a podcast like we do, because my wife asked me often, you know, why isn't it more? Because there's actually a show page for this, like CRTV. There's a Dan Bongino show page. She goes, why don't you push the Facebook stuff more often? Because I don't trust their metrics at all. If you have a podcast and advertise, we run three ads during the show. We three ads, that's it. We run about six minutes of ads for 60 minutes of content. You're not going to get a lower ratio anywhere, by the way, folks. And we could, believe me, we can make a whole lot more money. We don't. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm simply suggesting it matters to me to give you a lot of content and as few ads as possible. But it also matters to me that when advertisers come to my show to speak to you, that we're all in with them, that we support them like they support you and they support the show. They want to talk to you and we make sure that their ads are read and we can give them metrics. Why don't I push Facebook? Because I have no idea how long you're listening on Facebook. None. I can tell on YouTube. I can tell on Omni. I can tell on Bongino.com. I can tell roughly on iTunes. Facebook, I have no idea because they've been inflating it. In other words, Joe, they're telling people that, hey, the average viewer time is this, when according to some insiders, that's not the average viewer time. It's a whole lot less. Meaning, Joe, you could have just scrolled down on Facebook, heard like two seconds of my show and scrolled past it. I'm not going to sell that to an advertiser and nor am I going to tell you to inflate myself and pour. Oh, look, we've got 500 million downloads a show. Yeah, but 499.9 are on Facebook, meaning mm-hmm. probably half of you weren't, more than half. The overwhelming majority weren't watching at all. We don't include those numbers at all. I say this not to whine about Facebook, but to encourage you out there if you're in a business, if you're a, pol- a politician running for office and your call to action at the end is donate to Joey Bag of Donuts, whatever, congressional campaign, whatever it may be, I'm telling you, you may be getting smoked. You may be getting smoked up. Facebook, number one, has not been an ideological friend to ours. Secondly, they may not be a business friend either. That is why I backed off. We're on there. My page is still, I probably banned me. I, honestly, I don't even care anymore. Do whatever you got to do. But that's why I don't push the Facebook page to the audience. Now, I will say on some, on the NRA TV show, we have the Facebook. Uh, it did, does, there are, I can tell some people are commenting towards the end of the show. So it's not a total loss. And I'm not suggesting, you know, everybody in mass, just go ahead and cancel your accounts. You have to do what's right for you. Some of you understandably may need it for business. And I have said before, I don't think we should cede the platform yet to liberals to let it take over. But I'm not going to tell you there's even better. YouTube is not necessarily a better alternative either. Now, having said that, my wife has um, asked me for a call to action at the end of the show. And uh, when my wife talks, I got to listen. I forgot to do it for the past few days. So I need a couple of things from you on this note. If, if you wouldn't mind, folks, I don't mean to sound pushy. And I, you know, I, I try to be very, uh, very careful with asks from you. But I need a couple things if you wouldn't mind. We're getting a lot of emails about people who are on our email list for the show notes, which we meticulously put together. It's the best articles of the day. I think it's the best political email list, in my opinion. I, we do a lot, put a lot of work into it. We're getting a lot of emails saying, hey, I'm not getting your emails anymore. We switched over to a new platform on the website. My wife and Blair and Linda did a phenomenal, phenomenal job on the new website. But some of the people did not get transferred over on the email list. So if, if, if you're getting our emails, you have no worries. Just let me be clear on that. You have no problems. The switch is done. If you are not, and a lot of you aren't, you've been emailing us, please go back to my website, Bongino.com, and subscribe to the email list again. If you're not getting the emails, 
you'll please, you'll be doing us a huge favor because we're getting a lot of emails and we have to answer people back individually. And a lot of it has to do with not opening it. And we didn't want to, you know, we don't, we don't want to inflate our numbers. So if you're not getting our emails, please resubscribe. One other favor for you, please. I'm sorry to take up time at the end of the show, but it's important for the, the show needs it. I need you. And I put a lot of time into the show and I'd appreciate this. Something happened, I think, with the iOS upgrade, and we have been losing, we're gaining everywhere, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Bongino.com. The show is exploding. We have stagnated for some reason on iTunes and iTunes alone. We've been hunting it down. We cannot seem to figure the reason. I have, I, we have a feeling it may be due to the iOS upgrade. I know others have had similar issues. I'm asking you to please, if you listen to us on iTunes, even if you don't, to please go to iTunes and subscribe to the show. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Please hit the subscribe button. It is the subscribe button that generates the downloads, that gets the show to you, that generates the revenue to keep the show going. So please subscribe. We've had some issues with iTunes. Again, I'm sorry to waste any time at the end of the show on this, but it is really critical stuff. So I have two asks. Subscribe to the email list if you're not getting our emails, and please subscribe on iTunes. We've had some trouble uh, recently with that platform, and we'd really appreciate your help. Okay, one last story. It's just going to take a minute, but it's important. The new rules are still in effect. Mitch McConnell and Grassley are moving ahead on the judges. This is great because they have, there's a little controversy going on behind the scenes. They've scheduled a hearing for this Wednesday and, what is it, October 24th or so, for additional federal court judges post-Kavanaugh. Remember, it's not just the Supreme Court, folks. It's the circuit courts and the district courts that matter, too. Have a bunch of conservatives on the Supreme Court when up to 90% of the critical issues are decided at the lower courts. And if they're still stacked with liberals, it doesn't even matter. Right. So McConnell, who understands the new rules now, I think, and we hope he sticks to it, McConnell said, no, move ahead. This is two hearing schedule. Why is this important? Because there are two conservative judges getting ready to be appointed to the Ninth Circuit, otherwise known as the Nutty Ninth. Is it going to change the balance from Democrats, uh, li- Democrat appointees, liberals to uh, conservative appointed judges? No, but it's going to go a long way towards rebalancing the night. The Democrats are in a fury over this, Joe. Feinstein, Harris, they're like, no, no votes before the election. Grassley's like, soldier on, folks, for the Judiciary Committee. McConnell, soldier on. Whether you show up or not, we're holding those votes. So good for you. Good for, if you're out, if you're uh, in grass, if you're one of Grassley's constituents, please send him an email, call his office, thank him for soldiering on and getting those two people, uh, hopefully, uh, confirmed for the ninth by that October 24th date. This is good stuff. People are starting to understand the new rules. We win, they lose. All right, folks, thanks a lot. I was, uh, you know, I was surprisingly energetic. I was a little worried at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I was last night was a little rough, but that uh, I really enjoyed that. I appreciate your time. Hey, thanks a lot. I will see you all tomorrow. You all the best. Best audience in uh, podcasting. See you tomorrow. Take care. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but... Are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to. 
be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.